0: Our scripture reading this morning is Genesis 8, verses 1 through 12. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heavens was restrained, and the waters receded from the earth continually. At the end of 150 days, the waters had abated. And in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. And the waters continued to abate until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. At the end of 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent forth a raven. And it went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set her foot, and she returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth, then he waited another seven days and sent forth the dove, and she did not return to him anymore. This is the word of the Lord. it is absolutely true, and it is given to us in love.
1: Thank you, son. We are continuing a series in the first 11 chapters of Genesis that we have titled "The Origins." For it is in these chapters we see. Uh, much of the foundational information about who we are, where we are, where we came from and who God is and what God intends for our life. So let me get us up to date because what we picked up, we're picking up in chapter eight and in chapter eight, the flood has occurred. Noah and his family are in the ark and it, there's a few animals with them in the ark. But if we remember in chapter six, the Lord states that he saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent and thought of his heart was continually evil. God said that the earth was corrupt and that the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth and indeed it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their ways. And so now God was, God said he was going to do away with the earth. He was going to do away with everything because of the wickedness of man, because that man's, the thought of man's heart was continually evil. The earth was corrupt. It was filled with violence. And all the flesh, all flesh was corrupt upon the earth. So we get to chapter seven. God gives Noah instruction to build an ark. And Chapter seven starts, it says, then the Lord said to Noah, go into into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and his mate, and a pair of animals that are not clean, the male and his mate. And seven pairs of birds of the heavens, also male and female, to keep their offspring's alive on the face of all the earth. For in seven days, I will send rain on the earth, 40 days and 40 nights, and every living thing that I have made, I will blot out from the face of the ground. So God sees the evilness of man. God God, God has repented that he's created mankind. So he tells Noah to build this ark, go in this ark, take these animals with you. Noah goes in, he take these animals with him and verse 10 in chapter seven tells us, after seven days, the waters of the flood came upon the earth. The flood continued just as God said for 40 days on the earth. The water increased and it bore up the ark and it rose above the earth. The waters prevailed and increased greatly on the earth and the ark floated on the face of the waters. Can you imagine this, that that God has sent so much rain to that it causes this ark that Noah has built to begin to float, float on the earth. Verse 19 says, the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heavens were covered. So water covered the mountains that are on the earth. Not, nothing was above the water except for Noah who was in the ark. The waters prevailed above the mountains, covering them 15 cubits deep. Verse 21 reads, all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds, livestock, beasts, all swarming creatures that swam, swam on the earth and all mankind Everything on the dry land and who in whose north nostrils was breath of life died. So there was nothing that was left on earth, nothing was there. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground man and animals, creeping things, and birds of the heaven. They were blotted out from the face of the earth. Only Noah was left, and those who were with him in the ark and the waters, as God said, prevailed on the earth for 150 days. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the the, the magnitude of the destruction that, that, that has happened on earth? The water rises above all the mountains and everything, every living thing has been blotted out by God. Well, what did this flood show us? The flood shows us Two things. The first thing the flood shows us is the judgment of God. And the second thing it shows us is the grace of God. In judgment, every living thing that moved on the earth perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all creatures that swam over the earth, and all mankind. God brought judgment to the world. Why would God bring judgment? Why did God uh, blot out everything that he created? Reason number one, because he is the creator and he has the right, since he owns everything, no one else has the authority to destroy but the creator. Only the creator, he has the right to destroy. Second reason, because he is the creator. Because he is the creator, he has the power. Since he assembled it all together, only he could be the one to take it apart. So he has the right. He has the power. And the third reason that he could do it, because he is, you got it, the creator. He has the wisdom. Since he knows all hearts and, and all ends, only he knows what people deserve. Only he knows what they would do from t- from this time And forevermore, God had the right. God is the creator. And because he has the creator, he has the right, he has the power, and he has the wisdom to do what he pleases. So as a result of this wickedness, uh, the human race has been blotted out. Only Noah and his family and the animals that were with him were preserved in the ark. They were preserved to repopulate the earth. They were to repeople the earth. On one hand, we see the judgment of God. We see his fury. We see his power. However, in the midst of judgment, in the midst of the flood, we also see the love and we see the grace of God. Because chapter eight, where we started our reading today, starts out and it says, but God... Remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the cattle that were with him in the ark. That changes everything because it says, But God remembered Noah. Let let me, what does remember mean? Let, Let me say this. I'm not suggesting that God in no way had forgotten about Noah. God is incapable of forgetting. God never forgets. God never has an aha moment. God, there's never a time where God says, I didn't see that coming. There's never a time where God says, oh, I almost forgot. Because if that happens, he ceases to be God. And God will never forget his children. That is good news. That is good news, y'all. God will never forget us. God, we're always on God's mind. God, there's never a moment where we're not on his mind. There's never a moment that, that that surprises God. Aren't you happy about that? God is not a man that he should die or a son of man that he should change his mind. He has said, and he will, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, will he not fulfill it? This is good good news. We can count on God. We can trust him. God never forgets you. You're always on God's mind. So what that means is that Noah was on God's mind. You know why I'm excited about Noah being on God's mind? Simply because Noah represented a new beginning for God's people. He represented a new beginning and Noah represented us. Brothers and sisters, children of the most high, beloved of the almighty, God has not forgotten about us. We're always on his mind. That is good news for us in this day, and this time, in, in, in the face of COVID-19, in, in a, a, a economy that's unstable, Where where people right now don't know where their next paycheck is going to come from, where where people are are wondering what's next in the face of death and despair, there is still good news. The good news is that you're on God's mind, is that God has not forgotten about you. Y'all, it's good to know that we're not on his mind sometimes, but we're on his mind all the time. That's good stuff. That's shouting stuff right there. Even in the midst of flood, even in the midst of judgment, we were on his mind. So what does that mean for us right now? That, That when I think about the flood, It did not look like things were working in our favor. But I want you to know that God is at work even when we can't see him at work. God is at work when it does not look like he's at work. And God will not leave us. God has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. As a matter of fact, in the flood, God was making all things new. Scripture does not say that God wanted to get back to, to 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 the normal. Yeah, to the normal. That's what we're saying right now. In the face of COVID nineteen, things aren't going the way we want them to go, and we're saying, "I can't wait to get back to normal." I want us to think about that. I can't wait to get back to normal. What if God wants to do a new thing? What if God is desiring new? Because if, if just getting back to normal, people would have, after the flood, people would have still been there. If God wanted normal. God said, I want to make new. I don't know what God is doing in this time. But what if he desires new And we want normal. God, work in our lives. God, may this be a time that we focus on you. May this be a time, God, that we draw closer to you. May this be a time, God, that we see you like we never see you before. Not normal like never before. May we have a greater relationship with you. Now, scripture goes on to tell us in that same verse that God made the wind pass over the earth to cause the waters to recede. Now y'all remember how I said the waters was. They were above the mountains. They, they, they covered the whole earth and God caused the wind to cause the waters to go back where they belong. Isn't that something? Y'all, I said God got the right, he got the power and he got the wisdom. So God caused the water that was above the mountains that, that was all over the earth to go back where it came from. God has the power. God calls the wind to to make the floods reverse. God caused the the, the the fountain of the deep and the wonders of heaven to close. The water began to subside. The waters apparently flowed back to the place where they belong. Belong, y'all. That's good. That's good because God 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 had us on His mind. He had us on his mind. If he was going to make things new, y'all, he had to put us back in a place where we could live for him, where we could be examples for him. So if we continue in verse in that same chapter, chapter eight, it begins to talk about he sent out a raven. He sent out a raven and the raven didn't return because the raven is a vulture. The raven can survive Off of all the dead carcasses that are floating in the water. So the raven didn't have to come back. So then it tells us that he sent out a dove and he sent out a dove and the dove went out and the dove came back because there was no place for the dove to place her feet. Then he sent the dove out again. And this time when he sent the dove out, the dove came back a second time. It came back with an olive leaf in his mouth and, 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 Noah knew that the water must be receding if the dove came back with an olive branch in its mouth. I I want us to see something here about this this olive branch. First, let's look at the dove. First, the dove is a clean animal. The dove is not going to just land anywhere. It needs a clean place to land, and it couldn't find anywhere to land, so it came back. Second time, it came back. He sent it out, and it came back again. Like I said, with an olive branch. This olive branch, I want us to see the significance of this olive branch. The olive branch has the ability to grow underwater. It has the ability to sprout underwater. So, so when the dove flew, he saw it. The dove went down, picked it up, and brought it back to to Noah. And 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 that is amazing. The dove. And the olive branch are symbols of God. Y'all remember in Matthew when he was baptized, when Jesus came out of the water, the spirit descended on him like a dove. That is, that, that, throughout the Bible, it talks about this dove and the olive branch and, and, and the oil that the olive branch produced. It signifies Christ. So right here, we get a picture of resurrection. That in the midst of death and despair, the olive, the, the dove came back, heralding a, mer- a message of salvation, a message of resurrection. There is life among where it looks no hope, where it looks hopeless, where it looks like there is hope, no hope. There is life. So what we see is the first picture of resurrection. I want us to see this. God has the right, God has the power, and God has the wisdom. And just as the olive branch can grow underwater, so did Christ come out of the grave as a victor over death. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that even in this tough time, that God has not forgotten us it may look like doom and gloom but long as god is on the throne y'all he has us on his mind we may not understand what's happening but god is working things out in our favor so in this i want us to see this that Noah, first five verse five tells us that noah did exactly what God said. He built that ark. Him and his family and those animals went on that ark. And for Noah, the ark was a vessel of grace. It was a vessel of grace. It displayed the grace of God. For in that ark, in that vessel of grace was safety. Listen, please understand. The art was no luxury cruise line. There was not restaurants everywhere. There was no swimming pool in this place. There was no movies. There was no entertainment. There was no fancy buffets, y'all. There was nothing. There was nothing to make make this exciting. Sounds like anywhere now, y'all. We look we're, we're stuck in our homes and 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 listen. In our homes at least we have some form of entertainment. We have TVs, we have the internet, y'all. We we have the capability of talking to one another just like we're doing right now. Technology. So this this is not what Noah was experiencing. But one thing about that vessel, the ark was a place of safety. The ark was a place of safety for Noah because outside of the ark was death and destruction just like now y'all it's safer for us to be in the house it may not be everything that we want in here but it's safer for us to be in the house but i want to talk about a vessel that's far greater than the ark it's called another vessel of grace that vessel of grace is jesus christ i want you to know y'all that outside of him There is no hope outside of him. There is no safety outside of him. Y'all, we are lost. We are headed for death and destruction. So one vessel of grace saved Noah and his family. Another vessel of grace, Jesus Christ, saves all mankind. I'm going to close with this. When I was a boy, I went to the barbershop. It's about eight, nine years old. And in the barbershop, there was a sign. And the sign said, in God we trust. All others must pay with cash. And and at the age of nine, eight, nine years old, I didn't know what what, what that meant, so I asked my daddy. I said, daddy, what does they mean? What do, what do they mean? He said, son, he only taking cash, no checks and no credit cards. The only thing that he wants is cash. The only payment that's acceptable in here is cash. And so I want to leave you with this word. Y'all, the only payment that is acceptable for us is the price that Jesus already paid. He paid the price For you and I, y'all, we see God's grace when God, he he renders judgment, but he also displays his grace. Y'all, it is because of Jesus Christ that no matter what happens, that we are saved. It's because of Jesus Christ, no matter what comes our way, that God has us on his mind. Brothers and sisters, God has not forgotten about you let's pray father we thank you for the gift of the church god we thank you for a community in this time of social distancing father we pray for strength to live as ambassadors for you in this world lord we simply ask that you will bless us keep us pure make your face to shine upon us Turn your face toward us. Give us peace. Give us healing. Give us deliverance. May we never go a day, Father, thinking that you have forgotten us. May we forever experience your love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information or would like to help support the local body of Christ Church in town, please visit our website at christchurchintown.org.